wanting to understand marketing better, you're in the right place. Welcome to Marketing Mind with your host, Andrew Allen. Hello, welcome to episode six of Interview with a Marketing Pro. I'm your host, Andrew Allen, and today I'm joined by Yes Digital Account Manager, Landon Kofeld. Hey, how's it going? Landon, thanks for joining me. Yeah, yeah, no worries. So, as usual, I have three questions for you. We're doing this in one take. Okay. So, first question, what's been your biggest win for the year so far? That's definitely a hard one. Um, But if I had to say, if I had to give it to something, I would say just... Uh, one of the one of the instances of being able to help somebody. Um, well, I'll, I'll back it up a little bit actually. Um, originally, a client came on board with us who was basically, you know, kind of struggling to even get work at all. Um, you know what I mean? And it was it was pretty rough times for him. Um, after you know coming on board with us, he's actually been with a marketing company before, um, so he had a little faith in the entire thing. Um, so you know it was you know. Regardless, though, we gave it a shot, um, and um, in about a month, he was already seeing some pretty good results from everything that we were doing. Um, and um, you know, fast forward now, and you know, sorry, everything, yeah. everything you're doing is it, it's Google Ads only. Yeah, for me, it's it's strictly Google Ads, and we also built a landing page for him as well. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so just those two things, um, and um, yeah, so just those two things really, and uh, yeah, so. Like I was saying, fast forward, you know, uh, six months later, and uh, he's been you know, hiring more staff for his company now. Um, yeah, so he's gone from literally like you know, about to close down his business. Well, maybe not close, but like getting barely any work at all, just surviving really, to now hiring more staff for his business. Um, so that's been really great for me to be a part of that um, journey for him. You know, to to be able to grow his business like that. Um, and you know he he does a little bit of I think Facebook marketing as well, um, but you know with that join with Google Ads, um, it's been getting really good results from Google Ads from from kind of the start really since we started. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's I think that's probably one of the biggest wins for me. Yeah, I don't think you can have much much of a bigger win than going from struggling to hold on yeah. to actually being able to expand the business. So that's yeah, brilliant to hear. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So in terms of the strategy that that got this business to that level. Uh, you mentioned the landing page. Uh, I don't know how big a part of the strategy that was, but do you think that? Why, why did you decide a landing page for this guy? Yeah. So when we originally he, when he originally came on, it was actually um, he wasn't sold for a landing page when it came on. Really, it was more of just kind of an afterthought because we tried running to the business. Uh, sorry, to the website, and um, it was just you know it wasn't really mobile friendly, and it was just kind of you know. It just um, it wasn't it wasn't terrible or anything like that, but it was just you know it, it, it could have been a lot better, um, especially for mobile phone optimization because you know most people nowadays are, are searching for mobile phone with through their mobile phones anyways. So having a website that is friendly for that is is a pretty crucial thing. Um, so it was cheaper for him to just have us build a quick landing page for him versus actually you know getting an entire website redid. Uh, and, and at the time as well, he didn't really have much faith in it as well, so it was kind of hard to convince him to dump a b- bunch of money into a new website and so forth. And he had low expectations to begin with, so um, yeah, we went to the landing page, but it ended up working really well. And um, and so yeah, that's kind of where we started. Um, but uh, yeah, so hope that answers yeah. your question. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. So. Uh, a full landing page, uh, sorry, full website might have also been a good idea. Yeah. But a landing page certainly yeah. faster and a lot, lot smaller investment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A really good idea of 
what a properly optimized website or exactly place yeah yeah so I actually recommend actually to most of my clients that a website a website's usually always the best option to be yeah, honest yeah. Um, yeah. over over a landing page but landing pages can be powerful um, you know they can be pretty you know Sometimes it could be almost a quick fix for a solution as well. Like if the client doesn't have thousands of dollars to put into a, a website, you know, they can spare a few hundred bucks for a landing page and, and yeah, get, yeah. you know, pretty good results from it. Um, but yeah, honestly, a landing, a, a website is always the best option. But um, yes. Websites are also like one magnitude more expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So, they're not like a little bit more expensive. They're like, you know, a pretty big, there's a big difference between building a landing page and building a website. Yeah. Yeah, but um, you know, I think you know, with with companies that need you know, especially with companies like plumbers, for example, or even like a severe snake catcher or things like that, you know, where it's kind of services that you need like pretty immediately, um, it's like urgent stuff like that. I think landing pages work really well for that because people aren't going to be trying to shop around and they're not going to be going through your about us page and learning about where when, when your company started and all these things. They just they need a plumber. Or yeah, they need yeah. a snake catcher. Like they, they're not going to care. They just need a number, and they need it to. They, you know, if yeah, it looks yeah. like a reasonable website, they'll give you a call. Hmm. So landing pages, I think, are pretty good for those kinds of businesses. Well, um, well they really need some contact. Number. Yeah, yeah. They just need to get someone in touch with someone pretty, pretty urgently. Um, versus a website, if if it's a place where they need to do lots of research on your business mm -hmm. and they need lots of information before they decide to, you know, make that conversion action, then definitely, you know, a, a, a website would probably be the better start. To, from the get-go, you know, yeah, instead yeah. of a landing page. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned a snake catcher as an example, because I actually had a, a snake catcher explain to me, well, you know, people either need a snake catcher right now, or they don't. They're not shopping around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, with, with, a, with a landing page, one other thing I, th I thought worth mentioning there, because you mentioned uh, mobile speed. Hmm. Well, Mobile optimization and loading speed being yeah. an issue, uh, obviously tied together. So that's increasingly more and more important. And a landing page is something that's just really easy to solve that because they're usually very lightweight. They load very yep. quickly. Really easy to use a template that's mobile optimized. Definitely, yeah. So hard to go wrong there. And that's something yeah. that if your current website is struggling on loading speed or mobile optimization, yeah. you're going to have a really hard time getting a decent uh, quality score, so customer clicks can be really high, and then you know, yeah, expensive for you. Then also SEO, like so, advantage of a website or a landing page. One thing obviously is, is SEO, because a landing page is never going to do anything for you there. Yeah. But if your website it's not mobile optimized, it's loading really slowly, it's got a long way to go before the website will do much for you either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think a lot of people sometimes will underestimate the actual importance of you know the landing page or the website experience. They just kind of think, you know, oh my ads up there, why am I not getting business? And it's like you know, it's, it's like the saying goes, you know, you can bring a horse to the water, but you can't make the horse drink the water. I think yeah. I think that's how the saying goes. Something like that. Oh, you know you what I mean? I think you could adapt, adapt the, yeah. the saying by yeah. by I guess saying you know. Bring a horse to water, but if the water looks fresher, it's more likely. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If it's a swamp, yeah. maybe the horse is going to shy away. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you know, Google Ads. You know, you can. There's only so much you can do before they get to the website or landing page, and if it's not what they are looking for, then there's a good chance they might not actually end up converting. It could have yeah, been. It could have yeah. been the perfect candidate for yeah. you know the business, 
But if they're not happy with the way the website, because they, they judge you on the website, you know, they don't know you by any other thing but your website. So that's yeah, what yeah. they judge you on. Yeah. Um, and unlike, you know, I, sometimes I explain this to my clients as well is like, you know, if, if you're at the mall and you're shoe shopping and you, mm -hmm. you walk into a store, um, you know, it's it's a lot harder to just quickly walk in and walk out of the store to the next shoe store, shoe store, because you know you've got to actually do some physical work and go walk down the other side of the yeah, mall yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So you're more inclined to like look around at least while you're while you're in there, you know. Whereas in the digital age, you know, you click on a website. If you're not happy, you just click back. You know what I mean? So if you're if you're you've got to really capture your audience from the from the start. You got to have some type of decent landing page, a decent website, or else you know. Unless you're very, really, really niche and you've got no competition out there, then they might spend time on your website if it's not great. But yeah, it's it's always always recommended to have some good content or something. Yeah, so sticking with the um, shopfront metaphor as well. Like one way I've heard explained a lot of times, and I think it's, it's really easy to understand, really powerful. Uh, your website is a lot like a storefront, and yeah. your Google Ads or your SEO is a lot like your location. So mm. you can be in prime real estate for your industry and plenty of you know, foot traffic passing by, but unless your storefront, your website is up to scratch, no one's going to walk in. Yeah. Or at least yeah. you know, they might peer in the window, but they're not staying long. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Okay. yeah. So in terms of the actual Google Ads account itself, besides the website, any any major strategies that you use for that particular client to achieve those sort of results for them? Um, honestly, I mean, a little bit of like market research from the beginning, um, trying some different keywords that they never tried in the past. I did, I did mention that he was with the agency prior to us. Um, so yeah, just doing a little re research and um, and just trying to to figure out, you know, what was what were the best kind of keywords to run for him. Um, the most cost-effective keywords as well. Um, sometimes though, you can use a Google Planner, a keyword planner, and kind of get estimates, yeah, but it's yeah. not always 100% accurate. Yeah. Um, I take those with a grain of salt because you know you, sometimes you're like, oh yeah, cool, Google's estimating I'm gonna get this many clicks and X amount of conversions. Don't know how it knows that, but it thinks that. And then you go to actually implement that strategy and you get almost nowhere near those results because yeah. you know, it's, just, it's just a guesstimation. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So sometimes you know you might think something, but you just have to run it and try it and actually see if it's going to be beneficial for the business. Um, so yeah, just a lot of that kind of just you know split testing things, trying new things to see if it work. Um, and um, and yeah, the landing page I think was also a, a pretty a pretty big um, help for him as well. Yeah. So so one of the, the themes that both we've uh, done some, a lot of a fair amount of digital marketing before it didn't work out, and then. Even you know, coming coming on, on board with yourself, you, you didn't have some magical idea that instantly got results. It was still trial and error. Yeah. But the the difference, if you're doing intelligent trial and error, so if you're designing the structure of the campaign, I won't go into too much detail on how to do that because we spoke about that that in previous interviews. But if you're structuring it so mm. that you can test, measure, and then respond, yeah. you're going to get a lot more out of it. And it's not about getting everything right the first time. Yeah, it's about making sure you can you can tell what was good, what wasn't. And then yeah, exactly. Really yeah. Exactly. I think that's a really huge part of Google Ads, or probably marketing in general. To be honest, mm -hmm. you know, just finding out what's working for you and what's not. I mean, you can always speculate, and you can make guess. You can pretty, you can make good you know guesses on what's gonna uh, you know what's gonna work and so forth. 
um, but you never really know until you run it, until you kind of test it against things and, and, and see for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, one, so one way that I often explain that, that concept to a lot of people is uh, just with reference to Warren Buffett. So that, that man is worth, like his, his net worth will fluctuate on a daily basis by yeah. volumes of money that most people will never see in their lives. Uh, yet if he were to have stopped investing the first time he made an investment that didn't pay off, he'd probably still have the same paper he did as a boy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah. Yeah, it's not about it's not about making all the right guesses. It's about making enough of them and doing so intelligently, so you can, yeah, you can respond when something does work. Yeah, exactly. And and Google Ads side of things, just yeah, that that all comes to just you know letting things run for a little time, getting enough data to analyze all these things, and then making informed decisions. So. You know that 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 is very important. Um, sometimes I get clients who just kind of want immediate results, and it doesn't yep. really work that way because you have to, mm -hmm. you've got to let things test out to see you know what's going to work for you. Um, kind of you know going on that as well. Um, an, an analogy I sometimes use with my clients is like like fishing in a lake. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So sometimes you know you get conversion tracking set up now. You're kind of got a good looking account all ready to go, yeah. but. So similar to like a lake, like you might you might cast out over here in this area. Sure. Okay, yeah, you did a cast, no bites, you reeling it in. You cast over here now in this area. Ten casts later, you finally get a bite in this big lake, right? So does that mean that every single fish in the entire lake is right in that spot now? Are you going to make that assumption off of just ten casts? No, of course not. So. But now if you've done a thousand casts, right? You've been there for weeks and weeks and weeks. And you've, just, you've been casting and casting and casting. But when you realize that about 50% of all your bites are in this one specific area, now you really know, you've got a good idea. Okay, the fish are definitely in this area. I mean, out of a thousand casts, I've had half of them, you know, in this certain spot right here. So now you can make it a better assumption that this is where I should keep casting and keep casting. Or like yeah. with Google Ads, yeah. this is where I'm gonna keep putting my money in this area. You know, so you, so you don't know that you have to allow time and allow data to build up. And the, the more data you have, the stronger your decision can be to where you can put your money towards it. So, you know, it, like if so, for example, going back to that one bite for, you know, 10 casts, it's like, the, it's like, you know, if we were to see one conversion come through from 10 clicks, does that mean we should just stop everything and just put all your money towards that? No, of course not. You got to still let it kind of keep continuing and, and unfortunately, that just takes a bit of time, you know, which sometimes people don't really have much of and they don't really want to invest more time and, and money as well, you know, to, to get these results. But it is a pretty crucial part of, of marketing, especially if you've never had conversion tracking in the past and you're kind of starting fresh. You have to allow it some time to, to get data to, to make these decisions. Yeah, okay. So I think there's, there's definitely another topic we could dive into, but we won't right now. <laughs> With what do you do with the the parts of the lake, or the you know the parts of your target audience that are, are not you know, they might have shown some promise, but the the data is telling you put most of your money elsewhere. What do you do with the remaining part of the lake? Do you abandon it completely, or do you find a bit <laughs> maybe pushing the metaphor a bit far? But do you, do you just try a different bait in those areas? Yeah, but, exactly. Exactly. Think, uh, yeah. Huge potential topic there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for another day. Yeah. Well, let's save that for the audio exclusive that uh, we'll do after this. Yeah. So, um, 
that, so that's a new thing to this podcast. So for, for everyone uh, listening along, what, what we're going to start doing with this podcast is after these interviews, recording an audio exclusive, uh, usually a how-to clip that will go at the end of the podcast, but it will be exclusive to podcasting platforms. Uh, so if you, the only way to get it is to subscribe. It'll be in-depth how to actually put into practice something that was spoken about in, like during the interview in obviously in less detail. So uh, leaving that there, we'll go on to our next topic, and that is uh, a smaller win that was still satisfying. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, I feel like the smaller wins for me are probably almost more of the maybe the technical side of things, where it's a, it's a little win, but it's definitely satisfying. Like mm-hmm. as as we probably all know by now, you know, conversion tracking is, is very important to have mm-hmm. on any account. Um, so sometimes, you know, I'll get I'll get clients where they have like cross domain, like, you know, two domains to try and track, and you got to do it cross domain tracking, which is there's no just written rule on how to do that. You know, each each website, each platform is all different, so you got to try yeah. and work it out. You know what I mean? So sometimes, you know, just a little little things like that, you know, where it's a bit of a technical difficulty or a little, you know, something that, a little bit of a hurdle, and then you, you get it to work. Um, I think those are pretty satisfying for me. You know, they're, they're small wins, but they're definitely satisfying wins. Yeah, definitely. So, can we take a step back and can you give us a, a quick definition definition of cross-platform tracking? Yeah, of course. So, cross-domain tracking is basically like um, oh, a good example is usually hotels have this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you might click on their ad or just click on their on their you know websites, um, and you get to the website, and then when you go to book. Um, it actually redirects you to a different website completely. Yeah, so it takes you, yeah, yeah, some some type of booking platform, um, and which is all great, nothing wrong with that, except for when you're trying to track that now, because in Google Analytics, the tool that you use to kind of you know get all that data and measurements. So you've now left that web your website, mm-hmm. and Google Analytics doesn't know where you went now. Um, so you kind of Google Analytics is, just thinks that the person left. They don't yeah, know that they've yeah. continued the journey on somewhere mm-hmm. else. So to get basically analytics to know that it went from your website to this booking platform is a bit tricky. And sometimes you get booking platforms that are made really well and have you know areas where you can do integrations and allow yeah. to put you know Google Analytics, Google Tag Manager, all these other tools on there to, to get it set up. Um, but sometimes they just don't. Um, sometimes they're just you know maybe just in, just a poorly built you know platform. That doesn't have all these, you know, things. So um, it makes tracking a bit hard when you don't, when you don't know, um, you know, like someone leaves the website, goes to booking, yeah. and then you know, so because because what can happen is someone can land on the ad, they go to the website, and then they go and actually book, mm-hmm. but it doesn't give you a conversion in, in Google Ads or Analytics because it doesn't know where they went because it just thinks that they've left. Yeah. Um, so it really makes it hard to um, to I guess measure your results when you can't see the conversions coming through. Um, so, so what do you what do you do in a case like that? So, if you can't get any, I mean, if it's completely out of the option um, to try and get conversion tracking on that second domain, um, sometimes what you can do is you can use Google Tag Manager tool um, and just track people clicking on like the Book Now button, for example. Yeah. Um, and just at least it's not a hundred percent perfect, but it's it's something at least. It gives you some indication that people are are clicking on the Book Now button that they're going on to that next step. So whenever someone you know clicks on that, it'll tell Google and Google Analytics and Google Ads has a conversion. Now, of course, it doesn't mean that they booked, 
But like we said, it's it's some type of indication. It knows that we're, we're getting somewhere at least. We know that, okay, these ads get a lot of people clicking the book now button, whereas these ads don't get barely anybody, anybody clicking that book now button, you know? So you can kind of make, you know, a bit of estimated guesses like that. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's, it definitely, it can work. It's not ideal, but it can work. Yeah, I think it, it works for comparisons, but you need a, a little bit more data. So uh, what I mean by that is you know, there's, if there's one, people searching one particular way versus people you know, triggering other keywords, so different mm. search terms or people with different demographics. Oh yeah, yeah, like, you can get pretty deep into it, yeah. Yeah, so, so if, you know, if, if they're uh, you know, one demographic or one type of searcher, might be more likely to click on the book now than the other. But once they've hit that book now button, they're, they're probably completing the form and dropping off at about the same rate. Yeah. So if you're comparing different elements to the campaign, you're mostly gonna be pretty fair to say if this one gets more book now button presses, yeah. it's more worthwhile than, than this section of the campaign that doesn't. Yeah. What's really hard is just to give you the, the accurate actual probability yeah. of it. That's the thing, yeah. And, and then you know, there's always there's always you know, maybe uh, people of a certain age bracket do do complete the booking more more often, or people of a, of a higher income or a lower income tend to tend to book more uh, readily after they hit that book now. Yeah. But I, I think they're they're consistent enough. You can do the comparison. It's, it's still it's not the it's not the gold standard. Comparison. No, no, definitely not. But it's at least something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's at least something. So. Uh, let me know if you agree with me or not, but I, I think the, the best recommendation there if you're in accommodation or anything where you're going to need a, a, a third party booking service. Yeah. Uh, try and make sure when you're setting that up that you're uh, using a platform that does offer that level of tracking. Uh, if uh, Other than that, changing down the track probably a bit of a hassle once the website's all set up. Yeah, it definitely can be. I've spoken to some clients about that and it's it's almost, you know, almost impossible mm -hmm. for them just because they already have all these bookings like, or, you know, already booked and so forth. It just makes changing over a big, a big ordeal for them. Um, so yeah, like you said, if you are looking to, you know, invest in some type of third party platform for your website, if you're, if you're a hotel, definitely try and make sure that you do have, you know, that hopefully that it has like some ability to have Google Analytics or Google Tag Manager um, integrations on it. Fantastic. So yeah. we'll move on to our last topic uh, and that is when, when you first start working with new clients, whether they're new to you or new to the industry as a whole, what, what's something that you often have to, or most often, have to help them understand? Yeah, so there's definitely a lot of things, but if I could say the number one thing, though, is just the importance of accurate conversion tracking. Okay. Um, I know we've yeah, been kind yeah. of talking about that yeah. a lot this entire thing, but honestly, that is like one of the biggest things. Is mm -hmm. Most people that we deal with don't, have it set up from the get-go um, or they might have some conversion tracking but it's like you know contact us page yeah. and which is okay to have but I would never recommend just relying solely on people going to the contact page as a conversion tracking metric you know um, so sometimes people will have it but having accurate conversion tracking like you know did they send you a form submission did they give you a phone call things like that you know where it's it's a genuine conversion you know I think that's probably one of the biggest things I have to explain to people is how important yeah. that is. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, without that, you're just kind of playing in the dark with, with Google Ads yeah. a bit. You know, it just takes much longer to get any results from it. Um, and you can't really pinpoint exactly which areas on Google Ads are working for you. You're just kind of going, well, you know, this keyword's getting a lot of clicks. 
Uh, it's going to click their rate. You know, people are you know spending time on the website, but are they converting? Don't know. You know, so having conversion tracking, good conversion tracking, is probably the most important thing. I think from even from the start of yeah, Google Ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, speaking of working in the dark, that reminds me of the old story about Thomas Edison and his lab partner uh, trying to invent the light bulb or find the best filament for a light bulb. And they tried you know, thousands, thousands and thousands of things uh, from around the world. And his lab partner started to get really frustrated. Um, and Edison asked him, you know, what's, like, what's wrong? Why are you so down? And his lab partner, whose name I, I don't recall, uh, is, well, you know, just wasted all that, all that time, effort, money, yeah. like another failure. And, and Thomas Edison said, what do you mean? We've just discovered yet another way not to invent the lab bulb. <laughs> um, and, okay. Bit pessimistic, but that's the worst. If your worst with conversion tracking, if your worst case scenario is everything that you spend money on, you know, if you spend a thousand dollars, you at least buy a thousand dollars of good data. Yeah. At a minimum, you know, exactly. A thousand ways not to advertise your product. Or that's true. That's true. Better, better to find you know, at least one way that works or a couple ways that works, so that you can optimize on that. But if you have conversion tracking, you at least get. Yeah, data you don't get any leads. Do. Yeah, you know. <laughs> You know, that might not, might not be the right approach, or at least you know yeah. something's wrong. You know, Instead it's, of you're wasting yeah. money and not even, not even Yeah, money. yeah. And it can make you look into other avenues like, oh, okay, yeah. you got conversion tracking, it's not working. Is it the website? Mm -hmm. Is it something else? Is it, yeah. So there's lots of ways you can look at it from that point. But yeah, so yeah, 100%. All right, important. so that brings us to the end of this episode. But thanks very much again for joining me. Yeah, of course. Uh, we'll move on to our audio exclusive if you're listening listening along on a podcast platform in a minute. Uh, before that, Landon, if, if anyone wanted to get in contact with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so you can always shoot me an email at uh, landon at yesdigital.com.au. My name's spelled L-A-N-D-O-N. Um, and um, yeah, so you can email me like that or you can call us at 073622-6444. Um, and if that calls the client manager size, so I'll, I may pick up the phone, but if not, just ask for me and they'll, they'll transfer you over. Fantastic. And as always, you can reach me at andrew at yesdigital.com.au. Uh, if, if you enjoyed this, uh, give it a like. If you loved it, uh, give it, a, give it a subscribe. Subscribe to it, I should say. Um, and always the, the best thing that you can do for a podcast like this is give it a share so you can help other people find out about us. That's really the main way that people will hear about us and, and join in and listening. All right. Thanks very much. We'll see you in episode eight. Hello. Welcome to the audio exclusive section of this podcast. The topic for this segment is what to do with the underperforming parts of your campaign that maybe have some promise or you at least want to uh, have another go at, at targeting in a different way. So the uh, the where this comes about, how you find yourself in this scenario is usually when you break your campaign up into different segments, usually based on audience in one way or another. So that might be demographic, uh, sorry, household income or um, Parental status, uh, if it's a display campaign on Google Ads, it can also be gender, it can be age, it can be a mix of them, that's where it gets really powerful. Um, but it can also be uh, audience segments that are less demographic based, so what device they're using. Uh, and you can you can 
look at that information as well by gender or by age and everything else. Uh, but yeah, what, what device people are seeing your Google ads on. Um, if you are segmenting your data by that, it's really important that you also check your conversion paths because you may find that a lot of people do research on desktops and then end up purchasing on a mobile. Uh, and that data, if you don't look at conversion paths, will just tell you that you should only really be advertising on mobiles because that's where your conversions are coming from. Uh, obviously using, using uh, conversion tracking other than last click will help with that as well. But it just before you make any call, like getting rid of desktop entirely, check if that's the case or not. Um, and then also, if it is the case, uh, you can start looking at changing the way you're messaging and advertising on uh, desktops. So you might do more research phase-based questions. And then on mobile, more um, you know, keywords that, that show buyer intent and also keywords that, sorry, and also ad text that gets more to that uh I'm not saying buy now is necessarily the best text, but that kind of a yeah lead, a call to action. Just get get have that maybe in the headline even, um, especially if you have that targeting people uh, like with a search um, search network remarketing campaign. Um, but you also that's that's just that's a common scenario, but you want to check whether or not that's true for you. Mobiles aren't always the final step and desktops aren't always the research step. Um, even talking about, like there are accounts where it's predominantly the other way, accounts where mobile does nothing, accounts where desktop does nothing. Uh, and then also when you start mixing with age, household income and all of that, you get um, that other layer of complexity. So uh, let's rein in this conversation, one-sided conversation a little bit uh, and look again at what what you um, yeah so what what the main point of this is uh, so you're seg you're segmenting the, your your audience uh, you can also look at time of day um, day of the week you can look at uh, a few other things along those lines that slip in my mind at the moment but it's not too important basically you segment your data based on either buyer behavior or keywords that they're searching for that was the other big one the types of keywords they're searching for maybe your service has a few different ways that people could refer to it and there are people who refer to you know uh, couches and sofas and lounges they're all essentially the same thing but people will, will use different words and weirdly the word choice that they use can have an impact well, not an impact on their buyer behavior, but you can segment your data that way and find that people who say couches uh, maybe do a little bit more research than people who buy sofas or the other way around. Or even there's different type of sofas or different types of brands that they're looking for. Uh, maybe people with, with higher incomes, they say lounge. Uh, people who say couch or sofa, medium to low income. or you know, I'm, I'm making up the examples, but that's the interesting type of stuff you can look at as well in segmenting your audiences. But let's say you found segments that you want to focus on. Well, you want to take you know, more of your budget and put it into them. But you've also got those other audience segments that you might want to focus on. And there's two reasons why that might be, uh, or two main ones that I would suggest. So the first one is that they've shown some promise. Uh, so you might find that people people in the younger demographic age brackets, the, the younger couple age brackets that Google breaks it down into, um, 
will have a higher propensity to buy, so they're converting quite well. And then maybe some people in the you know very older ones, the older couple, and not so much in the middle, uh, have made a few purchases from you, but they've also got you know kind of a lower volume there, uh, lower volume of searches overall. So uh, you start to suspect that maybe they could do better. Uh, if they just had a little bit more of your resources dedicated to advertising to them. So you might take that from uh, the middle age bracket, might be uh, extra money that you're putting in, um, and then you focus on them. Uh, the other way to do it is if you know that you're very effective, let's keep to the age brackets, uh, you're very effective targeting the older couple of age brackets there. Um, but there's no, no reason why your product or service isn't suitable to people of all age brackets. So uh, perhaps what's really going on, it's not that the, the, the younger uh, demographics are inappropriate for you to advertise to or, or that they couldn't be reached effectively. It's simply that the advertising that you're using, the messaging that you're using right now is more effective with the older demographics. So you would then make a separate campaign to focus on younger demographics and you can uh, tailor everything in your existing campaign to older demographics to get the most out of them. So, you know, look at what's actually been working and do more of that. But then in your new campaign for younger demographics, you might change your word choices and your messaging and your, your strategies that you're using there to be more effective with them. And that, that's, that kind of comes down to the, the house and cat, sorry, the um, sofa, couch, lounge thing. You find the best keyword for that demographic and you could end up finding that they're very, very effective to advertise to once you've got a campaign tailored to them rather than you know, your first campaign that you initially made that, that happened to work really well for a different demographic. So the two reasons you would do it and why you would do it. Uh, and then that, you know, the, the how you, sorry, two reasons you would do it and how you would do it. And the, the, that first why I mentioned, you know, cause something showed promise, you would, you would use the same kind of how, you'd start tailoring it to them. And that's how you make that much, much more effective again. So uh, it's a little bit less of a, of a how-to. There's not really a step-by-step -step process, but understanding uh, how to choose, what to focus on, why you're doing it. And then uh, I guess if you're break, basically if you're breaking it down by market segments and thinking about your data in terms of market segments, including the keywords that are more effective, you can start to come up with strategies that will be more effective for segments that previously haven't been so effective. So that's the core concept there uh, and all we're going to cover in this audio exclusive. Thanks. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for being a podcast subscriber and I will see you in the next episode. Goodbye.